0: In celebration of watching the movie City of Angles, I thought we could do something a little special this week. Okay. I thought we would each name three of our favorite angles. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Sure. Um, So one of my favorite angles is 180 degrees, because that's just a line. What's yours? I thought you'd pick something cooler than, like... A hundred and like eighty degrees. No, that's just that's number three. But I mean it's still like you're like within your top three, one of them is just aligned. Exactly. It's countercultural. There are literally three hundred and sixty different angles you could choose from. I know not counting fractions. That's like almost as much Pokemon. I don't think, I think there's a lot more Pokemon than that. Well, but in third generation, there was 386, so it would have been close then. Yeah, but aren't there like thousands now? Uh, I think they might have just passed a thousand. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, I like the 45 degree angle. 45's a good one. You know, like it's, it's you can use it a lot. Like when it, like it comes to like architecture, and, like, you know, if you need, like, good support, but you don't want, like, too acute sub- like of an angle, or like, 45 is just, like, the right measurement without getting, like, too wonky, the math. Yeah. So, I probably put that as, like, one of my top three. I know what my next angle is. I just have to know the number. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out. like. Um, okay, I'm not going to call it by number, but you know what angle this is, and that is the optimum pooping angle. So you know how, like, you, you, you've heard of Are the, you talking about, like, that squatty potty device? I am talking about that. That, but, like, like pushes your legs up so you can just poop with ease? There's legitimate science behind that because that is a natural pooping position for human beings. Why, why don't you just um, <laughs> pull, pull my legs up instead of buying a device to do that? No, why just, don't you just, like, completely, like, put your <laughs> sphincter outside of your butt like cats and dogs do and poop that way? Because that is bad, and we can't do that. Well, I mean, you can always put it back in. Yeah, but it shouldn't be on the outside. I mean, it can be. There's no real medical issues as long as you put it back. Yeah, so let's call that, like, a... God, what angle is that? Maybe, like, a 20 to 30 degree angle? Like I mean, You which? should find out what the correct angle is before you just start throwing <sighs> out numbers. God. And, like, is this in reference, like, if, if you're, is your butt the end point of the angle? Your There's legs like, are, like... If, if you're just looking at two dimensional plane, it's the the um, am I like the am X I like axis pushing my back forward and my legs up or just one in, in, or can I have my back straight with my legs up? That's an or? interesting point. OK, let's go ahead and say your legs are the X axis on like a two dimensional plane. OK. And your back is the angle, like the okay. line that forms the angle in reference to the X axis. I was going to say, like, if I'm sitting like at a 90 degrees on the toilet, yes, how w- that's how back adju- back straight. How up. am I adjusting my my back and my legs? Your smaller angle, right? Obviously, but like, what number? I need to know, like, it's it's correct. I I'm looking it up, and no one's giving me a number. Well, then how do I know what's the perfect one? I think we need. I I think we need. I I don't think I don't okay, think we know I'm, enough. I'm, I'm on. This. I I'm I'm looking at. Uh, uh, an article on she knows a picture yeah. and it, this one is telling me 35 degrees 35 that makes sense it's definitely less than 45 like you gotta be you're gonna be like real close together yeah let's let's call it you 35, basically then. you basically are like hugging your legs and seems like pretty close yeah but it is optimum pooping position yeah um i yeah, think go ahead with your number two my number two is gonna be uh Fishing angling. That's where um a specific fishing technique where you use a fish hook known as an angle. Um it's pretty common nowadays. But that's probably my second favorite. I think you just mean angling. Yeah. Okay. But I was specifying like fish angling. Like fish angle. I don't know why you would have needed to specify that. It was very clear. Uh, the audience might if they're not familiar with fishing, they may not be aware of but, the term. Like angling only has one meaning. But people might not be aware of it. That's why i was specifying. Well, that's the audience's problem. Get educated. That's what I'm trying to do. We're not an educational podcast. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We aren't. We've taught, we're teaching the audience about Nicolas Cage movies right now. (laughs) I guess. They are learning something they didn't know before. It's educational. Okay. Okay. It's on to number one. Yeah. Favorite angle. It's got to be 69. It's got to be. It's got to be. Come on. um I think my favorite angle is the local angle um, that's again being educational um, if you're, we're talking about journalism and storytelling local angle is is usually a news report or a story that is taking place within a local or regional area of uh, the origin of the story so you know if I'm telling a, a story I'm reporting on a story that's based in Cincinnati I'm a Cincinnati news reporter that's the local angle um, I feel like when you get like national or bigger, it kind of just gets like lost in the miasma of all the other stories and you lose like the, the idiosyncrasies and like the details that you you wouldn't be aware of if you're not from the area. And I, I just think we need more, you know, you know, support, you know, not only just your, your local mom and pop businesses, but your local newspaper and your, and your, and your local, uh, journalists. Well, that's kind of boring and a little preachy, but Okay. Um, well, I mean, but you can get like really good stories out of it, though. Yeah, fair enough. But it, it's safe to say that City of is certainly not one of our favorite angles. Not top three for either. Yeah. Also, like, Los Angeles is not the city of angles. Like, there's not that, there, it's not known for its mathematics. It's probably somewhere in like, I don't know, like Central Europe or even like the Middle East that has a lot of angles. Or to, you know, like a lot of math involving angles, like that was probably done primarily in in areas where we it's like well built and known civilizations in the past. So you know, the, the I mean, every city Greeks. is made up of angles, though. There are literally yeah, but like Los Angeles, lines. Los Angeles is not the city of angles. It's probably like whatever mathematician first like invented angles. But it's called the city of angles, right? So how do you it respond shouldn't. to that? It shouldn't. I don't know why it's called that because it's not. To be fair, it is a sprawling city. Like I think it I might mean, deserve North that. Carolina calls it the birthplace of aviation, and it's not. So people yeah, just everyone knows aviation was invented the first time a human being jumped off a high place. Right. Yeah. Which was probably tens of thousands of years ago. Right. When we used to have wings. Yeah, and the first person to do it, I can guarantee, you, wasn't that smart. So oh, I mean, when we had things, wings, if, if yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, like everyone knows, we went from you know in the sea to air, to land, because fucking Icarus flew to the sun, and we're all like, oh, we don't want to do that anymore, because he might melt and die. No, 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 you're messing it up. We went from fish to flying fish to mammals. Right, but there was an in-between when we were just, we had wings and weren't fish, because Icarus was a human. Well, I mean, is a human with wings not a fish? Uh, at that point, no, because we did not have gills. How do you know we didn't have gills? Because we lived on land. So? Salamanders live on land. I guess they don't have gills when they live on land. The salamanders are weird. Like like at that point, we were living on land and we weren't like going into the water to breathe. Do you ever think about salamanders? That whole the whole amphibians are just fucking weird. I mean, you got axolotls, olms. Those get really weird when you get into stuff that aren't just like frogs. Like let's be honest, they're all the same thing. I mean, they're not axolotls, salamanders, all the same thing. I mean, olms are technically salamanders. But, they're, you ever seen a giant salamander? Yeah. Have you ever seen an olm? How do you spell that? O L N. They like live like in complete darkness in the, in caves. Oh, I've I've seen these before. I didn't know what they were called. Yeah, um, they're, they're like enemies in like amphibia, and they're really fucking creepy. And I don't like them in the show. I mean, everyone talks about NFTs, and I don't get why people like hate them because I love mutes, frogs, and toads. Someone drew one as a worm. They're kind of like worms. They're like cave worms. No, like as a, a dragon. Oh, a worm. dragon worm. A, a oh, weird. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it either. I want to include that in a D and D campaign. I don't know where. I mean, I guess it's an underwater cave. It's the. Uh, have you seen that picture of like the the weird looking worm thing from the Arctic? No. <laughs> Maybe to be more specific than that. Hold on. I was about to send you the most terrifying Arctic you've ever worm. Seen. Yeah, just Google Arctic worm. Well, that's a weird fucking. It looks like a dog toy. It does look like a dog toy, right? Or a really weird butt plug. It look no, it looks like a dog toy where the dog is t- chewed out all the stuffing. Yes, that's what it is. Um uh, that's a oh, it's only. Oh wait. Oh, oh, that's the depths. It's only eight, it's like eight inches long at most. That's still too long for comfort. The things in like the Arctic and the deep sea are fucking weird even. Ooh, watching it move around is weird. They, they, they move on. Ocean's a weird place. This is also a plug for people who somehow, if they listen, live in the Cincinnati area. There is like a new Dinosaurs of the Arctic exhibit at the Cincinnati Museum Center, and Yo, that's really what? It's really cool. um I'm trying it's, to remember because it's been a couple months since me and Nicole went. But why like, didn't you tell me about this sooner? I I don't know. I would have thought you would aware of it. But no, like literally, it was like an expedition for something else, and this guy was like, I don't even know what he was excavating. He's just like, Hey, wait a second, this is a bone. <laughs> This was also this was like in the like this was really recent. This was like in the nineties. Like we did not know the thing to look for dinosaur bones in the Arctic until really recently. Do you mean the Antarctic or Antarctica? The, the Antarctica. Oh wow. Yeah, I guess cause Pangea was like It was everywhere. But no, this guy's when he's like literally doing he's like, This is a fucking dinosaur bone, guys. And everyone's like, we've gotta get all these bones now. Which obviously That's... is very difficult when it's covered in the coldest part of the earth. It won't be for long. That's true. Well, welcome to The Rule Against Podcasting, a podcast that knows how to do things the right way, but fails we to do so. We just talk about whatever we want, and if you want to listen to two white guys do that, well, then I guess you don't really know how to search for podcasts. There are way better options. So many better ones. Yeah. Well, we watched The City of Angles, uh, starting Nicholas Kaj and Meg Ruin, and also uh, Andre Brower. And Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is in like one scene and he has one line. That's more lines than other people got in that movie. That's true. Also stars Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz in his last film role and he's really good. Yeah. I'm not sure if his last role in like media was this or Sesame Street, but it was one of those two. They were both in the same year. Hold up. Wait a second. William Stanford Davis was in this movie. Okay. Have you watched Abbott Elementary? Yeah. He's the janitor. Who did he play in the movie? I don't know. Where did you? Are you? <laughs> he was at one of the construction workers. Oh, is he the first one? He that Nick Hitch been, yeah. Talks to who's like you can't yeah. be here. I think it was. Huh. I think that was him. Wow, there's some NBC crossover in this movie. Chris once again discovering that uh, famous people are in are in the same things with each other. Famous people are movie. only allowed to be in one thing ever, and that you get one shot, and if it's <laughs> bad, you have to leave. That's what David Caruso did, and no one else listened. That that's what I'm saying. I think I think you're going off track in what way actors like we did last week yeah normally we save that for the end of the episode but we're only like 17 minutes in right now wow we've barely talked about the actual movie yet we were talking about our favorite angles for so long all right city of angles hit 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 me with them angles um okay long story short nicholas cage is an angel who falls in love with meg ryan and uh tries to figure out how he can be with her when he's an angel and he can't and Meg eat. Ryan things happen. Yeah, Meg Ryan things happen. Uh, if you've seen one Meg Ryan movie, you know what happens. I'll, I'll skip to the important part, because that's the biggest. You get to see Nick Cage's dick in this movie. The most important part of the movie, by far. We finally saw it. We haven't seen all of his movies, so we don't know what happening is, but you definitively do see his penis for like half a second. And I would say it was noticeably sizable. Not huge, it, not Willem Dafoe, but I was just like, okay, it's a hanger. It was. I thought it was impressive. You see it in shadow. Yeah, it's a profile, and it's in the shadow, but it's still noticeable. It's swinging. It, it was swinging. You're not like, oh, is that a dick? You're like, oh, that's a dick. It was now, swinging. Could it have been a prosthetic? Sure, but that seems like a lot of work for a shot that lasts not even half a second. Plus, like, would it have been a prosthetic? Well, actually, maybe here. Okay, so here's pro prosthetic and con prosthetic. Pro prosthetic is like, well, they would have just put him in one of those like decency hammocks that right. They use for sex scenes, but if they didn't bother to do that for the scene, maybe it is just a prosthetic because they were trying to show it off. But again, it's such it's such a, a if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even notice anything. No,
1: it's not I, like I disagree.
0: Fra- it's not like when Dennis Franz, where you just see his ass fully out. No, I I, I fully disagree because okay, so I did know going in that we were gonna see pipe, but I forgot about it by that point in the movie. And I was not expecting it, but I still noticed it very clearly. I don't think Nick Cage is the type of actor who would do a prosthetic though, if that makes sense. I I Knowing how he does his know. acting, I think he he I think he was naked in that shot. Right? I I don't know. I mean 'cause we like tra- we to remember this is an actor who in Vampire's Kiss was literally <laughs> going up and acting like uh a man who literally thought it was a vampire to real people on the street of New York at night. Yes, the idea but... that he wouldn't do a shower shot naked just because you might see his dick. Is just I don't know. I think everyone has a line to draw somewhere, though. I, I, Nick Cage might be one of. The, I mean, he might just draw a line at not actually fucking on the screen, but even then, I feel like hold he on, do that. We have Google. It's not giving me answers. Okay, this is an interesting thing. What are you seeing? Um. I typed in Google Nick Cage penis. Did you find it? Uh, Well, I found this website that is a penis analyzer. That apparently you type in a name, and then it analyzes and creates a like (laughs) 3D computer, not like an actual 3D like penis, but like the like the green lines to like imitate the shape of something you'd see in like shows. It does that, and it gives you like the length, diameter, the shaft curve, the shaft angle maybe that's why they call city of angles because you're trying to figure out the angle of his dick but that technically what's, in the angle. That what's the reference when that what's the reference uh i doesn't it, it doesn't say here it's saying shaft curve 11 degrees shaft angle 7 degrees i'm guessing okay because like, like flat it, out just straight, it's not horizontal. it's not angled it's a curve a curve is distinctly different than an angle hmm. like you gotta you gotta have an equation like what's uh that's a logarithmic isn't it i don't know what type of nicholas cage yeah it's a logarithmic curve see i tried doing that and it didn't come up with anything we need to get nick cage on this podcast and we need to ask him i mean yeah if we ever got a big enough audience where we could actually do that i would love to ask him some legitimate questions that would be amazing okay i don't want the stupid like they're like, celebrity answers Google's most searched questions about them that they have on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top three questions to asking Nick Cage if you're given the opportunity go. Oh, God. Um. Obviously, favorite film role he's done, although I feel like at this point it might be the kiss of death or, um, vampire's kiss. No, I was going to say in the bearable weight of massive talent. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, No, it'd probably be Pig. Or Pig. Yeah, he does like No, he comics. has said Pig. He really likes playing. He really likes um, that Pig. I'd ask him... Probably, what was the what was the most difficult acting scene he'd ever have to do, and why was it so difficult? Like whether it was just like where they were shooting, what he had to do in the scene, difficult like co coworkers. Um, and then the third question, gosh, I want to I want to have time to, to write these down. Um, I'd ask them probably like you were saying earlier. I'd ask him if there's anything he would draw the line at doing in like an acting. Like whether that's like that's nudity, sex, anything like does he have a line he'll stop at? Or is there okay, anything on the table that makes sense for the movie? Okay, here's my three questions. Question number one. Um, why are his why is why why is the quality of his acting so inconsistent from the eighties to the nineties? Question number two. I mean, obviously that's because he was still figuring it out. Maybe, but like, I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced by that. Um You're asking why was someone bad when they were in their teens and 20s and starting out as an actor. But like also sometimes really good cuz he was figuring out. I don't believe it. Um question number 2. Um uh, did he ever hook up with any of his co-stars? 100%. question number 3. Oh, 100% to. but which ones? 100 uh question number 3. He wouldn't three, tell. I don't care. I'm still going to ask. I mean, he married Patricia Arquette. He did? Yeah. Oh yeah, cuz they got divorced. Yeah, he's been Uh, Five times. Jeez. Uh, Question number three: Uh, Was that really his penis, or was it a prosthetic in City of Angels? Apparently, like like you, I'm not finding anything. Like people, apparently don't don't care. How often do you get to see penis in a movie? (sighs) Not very often. Like that's why it was so notable when we got a glimpse of um, BCs in um, that one Guillermo del Toro movie from like a year or two ago, two years ago, Nightmare Alley you want to see Bradley Cooper's penis, watch Nightmare Alley. I do. Watch Nightmare Alley. Nick Cage allegedly, this has come from BarstoolPorts.com, so take this off the grain of salt. Nicholas Cage allegedly once took nude photos with his ex, Christina Fulton, who was in the past robbed. Supposedly, the pics were taken in the robbery. Those are probably worth a very large amount of money. A source close to Nicholas Cage says that the actor knows nothing about these photos suppose it would have been from, like, the 80s. The photos exist, undoubtedly. I believe it. I believe. I want to believe. Okay, I do have it on MrMan.com. <laughs> um, I'm not going further into this thing. It does have City of Angles as one of the movies. Okay, that so that doesn't convert anything, because that's not saying if it was prosthetic or not. No. We should probably talk about this movie. The problem is, Iggy and I talk about the movie for, like, 10 15 minutes before we start recording and then we just never talk about it when we're actually on the podcast you know the um the 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 little girl who dies at the beginning oh spoiler yeah. alert! a little girl dies at the beginning of this movie um she was born same day i was six years previous prior to my birth so she wasn't she wasn't born the same as you no but she's exactly six years older than i am she was also wow. on the pro show that's crazy well, what was more crazy is that she was on The Croll Show. How many people are on The Croll Show? That's true. A lot of people. She's a reoccurring character. She was on 11 episodes. Oh, okay. Just fun little fact. Take it or leave it. I mean, I guess okay, I'll take it. All right. Let's take it and move on. Iggy, what did you think of this movie? I thought it was all right. Yeah. I, I was. I thought we were going to enter an era of Nick Cage that was just really bad. And to be honest with you, these movies are they are not great but they're fine they're totally fine we'll also remember uh, there, there was some of the movies in between Kiss of Death and City of Angels were ones we, So we that includes Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air and Face Off. All of those movies are at least okay yeah so, so from 95 through the beginning of 98 he had okay to great movies yes but I think I that's a fair next, assessment the next movie is Snake Eyes which I don't think <laughs> got great reviews it does not so we'll see i think we're after after this we're in a batch for a lot of movies that aren't well known and probably for a good reason it's really once we hit the 2000s right late 90s to 2000 well you got adaptation in there and very excited just, for that movie i mean you got stuff like oh i forgot he's in the <laughs> <Aunt bully>. um, <laughs> yeah we gotta watch that you ready for bringing out the dead? That looks kind of interesting. I wonder if that's good. I mean, I like the poster. I like the poster as well. Uh, F- fucking Ving Rams is in this movie. This has a 73%. John 6. Goodman's 7 in this movie. It's written by Paul Schrader. Yo. I'm kind of excited. This, one this? this might be a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And Patricia Arquette. <laughs> it's based on a book, too, it looks like. Oh, his wife. Ex-wife. My wife. His wife. <laughs> My wife. Okay, I'm kind of excited for this one. I think be all the movies are going to be that we're coming to see are going to be interesting. If they're not good, it's going to be interesting characters for Nick Cage to play, except for maybe once we get to World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one I know I just will straight up not enjoy. What about Christmas Carol the movie? Are we watching that? We have to, right? Yeah, because he's in it. He has a voice role. Who does yeah. he play? Jacob Marley. He was uh, Scrooge's associate, right? Yeah, who's been dead, right? But in the voice cast, he's he's listed as like number three. So maybe he has a bigger role. in this. That'd be weird because Jacob Marley is really just the setup for the three ghosts. Who knows? Speaking of. OK, I'm, this is going to get off topic. Have you watched Scrooged? No. Are you going to talk about the fucking coast of Christmas future or Christmas yet to come? No. Why? Because you've talked about that before, about how creepy it is. Oh, it was. I don't know. I just like the movie Scrooged. I mean, yeah, it's a good movie. It's like the one either like one of the top Christmas Carol movies. I think it's the best Christmas Carol movie, to be honest with you. Well, Muppet's Christmas Carol. good. Okay. So I thought about it, and I do think the Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the best, but only because Michael Caine plays that, plays it dead serious. Fun. Full he's on. Mike, he's Michael Caine. Full on, like, prime British acting. In a movie where he's surrounded by Muppets, and that's the best part about it. Anyways, City of Angels. City of Angels. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, I thought all the voiceover. Okay, so there's there's problems. This movie had cracks. Yeah, there's a lot of. So you don't want to get into like the lore of of ang- of angels in this movie because it doesn't really make uh make like once you put it under any scrutiny, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, because the conceit of the movie is that. Angels can fall and become well, also, humans. Also, the, the whole thing is that angels just like spend their time just watching people and reading and reading, their, reading minds. their minds. And then when someone dies, they show up to take them, I guess, to heaven. Yeah. I'm not sure. Or, well, I Who guess takes them to hell. They could take them to hell. We don't know because we only maybe s- that little girl. We've went to only hell. S- maybe that little girl could have been <laughs> a little shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and they also only wear like black trench coats, like it's a Christian Matrix. That I literally texted you that. I was. Like, yeah, I was this thinking movie the same thing the when Christian I was watching it. Because <laughs> like, even Meg Ryan's like, why do you always wear the same clothes? Why do you look like such it's a fucking weird. doofus? I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, all white is kind of overdone for angels. It's I also like, that, but... angels, they can't like feel warmth. They can't eat. They don't bleed. And I'm like, it sounds horrible, their existence. They can, The benefit is that like they can teleport and they hear music when the sun rises. I don't think they were Christian angels. I think they were eldritch beings. They, well, they don't ever, they don't specifically mention, they don't specifically mention God, but they do refer to him as like someone above them. Like the well, the people refer to God. Do they ever specifically say God though? Yes, they do. Okay, I couldn't remember. I know the angels don't. The angels do not, correct. Um, and Meg Fryan kind of refers to like she doesn't believe in that, that's which makes it even more eldritch because the people are trying to make sense of something that the angels know they won't be able to understand. What if those what if those are the angels that followed uh Lucifer Morningstar when he rebelled against God? See, that's what that's the other thing I was And thinking they wear black. Why would they be why would they fallen angels become humans if if the movie isn't trying to say cuz like a fallen angel in the Bible is like Lucifer also a fallen angel is evil so so chris is chris is is a big thing about this because in the movie a fallen angel is an angel who literally just falls from a high distance and then (laughs) becomes a human (laughs) so like nick cage falls off a skyscraper and then he wakes up as a human who is severely injured but I, i what i think the movie is saying is that all human beings are evil no i didn't get that take from it why else would the fallen angel become a human because they cuz it's the ability, it's about free will they explicitly say that I they think calling to, them a fallen angel was a mistake they want, want to the be able to experience part. things that that they can't not No I I get beforehand. that part I get that part but what i'm saying is they should not have called them fallen angels what if what if maybe in, what if angel there? it's like purgatory you <sighs> become an angel if you go to purgatory and you have to spend your life like but then they've got people to no the afterlife. They, then how do you explain them having no memories of being a human? That they just get memory wiped? Maybe, maybe it's kind of like, spoiler, maybe it's kind of like The Good Place. I truly just think they're eldritch beings who have been, like, they're the, the children of outer gods who have been seeded into the earth. Um, and then they descend and become humans to breed with the population and sow their chaos. Maybe. That's my interpretation of this movie. Because Meg Ryan dies very soon after Nick Cage falls. Okay, but also uh, coincidence? Um, I don't think so. We'll see. There's a big plot hole there because uh, Dennis Franz's wife lives for like decades after they get together. How do we know that's his, like how do how do we know that Nick Cage doesn't replace her with like a meat puppet? When it, maybe that's Dennis Franz. Like that's maybe what Dennis Franz's wife is. I think. I think now. Now you're grasping at too many straws. Perhaps. Perhaps. This is technically a remake of a German movie from the 80s. <laughs> it is? Yes, called Wings of Desire. I'm reading okay. the plot to this one to see if there's like more lore to the angels in it. But here's another plot point we have to consider. The angels always sing. Wait, hold on. They don't sing? No, at the it, like the, the song, at At the Sunrise and the Sunset. They listen to watched. music. They don't sing. Oh, sorry. They, listen, to sorry. they listen. They're listening to the message of the outer gods. They do come to those messages. Okay, but I was going to say, in the original plot, it explicitly says that the two angels have always existed as angels. They were in Berlin, because of the original takes place in Berlin, Berlin, before it was a city, and before there were any humans. But they just look like humans. I guess they've taken on the appearance of them, maybe, to be covering, exactly. but they have so always existed. Eldritch beings. It just makes sense. It says, okay, they are... Pure observers, read minds, visible only to children, and incapable of any interaction with the physical world. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, being able to read minds is like a really important thing. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. There's a part of this original movie. So I knew Peter Falk was in it. He plays himself in the movie. Why? And Peter Falk was once an angel. So Peter Falk plays Peter Falk in the movie, except this Peter Falk was once an angel.
1: Who in the renounced, German movie?
0: Yes. Who renounces immortality to become a human. Columbo was in the German movie? Columbo was in the German movie as the actor, but was also an angel. What the heck? So Peter, Paul, Peter Falk was doing an unbearable uh, weight of massive talent 30 years before Nick Cage did. Who did he play in the Princess Bride? Sorry, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Go ahead. Uh, oh. He was the grandfather? Duh. That makes so much sense. All right, go on. Um, it's kind of just like the same after that. But I just think it's crazy that they're like, yeah, let's have Peter Falk just play himself. And there's a sequel. Maybe there's more Angel War in this. There's a English sequel? Or no, there's a, sequel? there's a German sequel to the German one that came out before the remake for the English one. I think they're just eldritch beings. Uh, another, another angel falls. Apparently, the equivalent of Andre Brower's character becomes a human not by choice, um, but because he meets a person and saves them as they're about to die, which turns him into a human, and he becomes addicted to alcohol and robs a bank. Or no, robs, oh, robs a store. Um, gets help again from Peter Falk. They destroy a pornography copying machine. <laughs> Okay. A mob or a criminal mastermind reveals himself to be father time. Interesting. Um, I have alternate. I have an alternate. And then, okay, but wait. So Andre Brower's angel dies as a human, but then comes back as an angel after he dies. And apparently uh, uh, Gorbachev was in the movie. Like the real Gorbachev? Yes. Weird. Willem Dafoe's in this. Weirder. He plays Father Time. That's kind of wild. What the fuck? Okay, but I have a new theory. God isn't God. God is Satan. That's what I Based said. Based on that. Okay. And is that they're that they're assist they're like the assistants of Satan? Yeah, exactly. You, you get me. Like, yeah, they, they're the they're the ones who who followed him. They're the fallen angels who followed Satan when he rebelled against God, and now they're stuck there as messengers for Satan to do what Satan actually wants to do, and is to help, you know, humanity rather yes. than uh, have them revere uh, an indifferent By sending God. Meg Ryan a love interest. You know, I also, what I realized is funny about this movie is that when Meg Ryan dies, Nicolas Cage asks, like, was this all part of his plan? He didn't ask that when the kid fucking died, though, at the beginning of the movie. That kid just deserved to die, but Yeah, apparently that five-year-old deserved to die. Again, also, didn't think that was necessary for the movie at all. The beginning of this movie was just a real bummer. Because it's like, I so you have whine. the kid die... And then you have the guy she's operating, Meg Ryan is operating on the hospital dies. Like, why couldn't have that been the first? Why do we need the kid dying at all? Yeah. Because you already, like, you see Nick Cage helps that guy move on anyway. So why the kid death? I think it was just to give us a little gut punch at the beginning of the movie, but it feels very tonally off to have the movie, like, the beginning of the movie be so sad. I also like that Andre Brower is specifically Cashiel. Who is one of oh, the yeah. Archangel, Archangels Angels. and then Archangels, and Nick <laughs> is just named Seth. Yeah, he Sat. just has a normal Jude's name. Hold up. Did he make up his last name in that one scene? Plate? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. I, assumed his, it I, I was like, like, it was like that Family Guy scene where Peter's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. P. <laughs> Tear. <laughs> Griffin. P- Peter Griffin. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. You know, Family Guy is. Mostly not very funny, but like it has its moments. I like the and cutaways. That's one of them. The cutaways are funny. That's a that was a great joke. Um, it has its moments, but what was I gonna say? I don't remember. I'm gonna think of it about the archangels. No, that's okay. Oh wait, okay, and okay, so okay, here maybe here's more. So, um, Cassiel in in Jewish mythical literature. Um, I am not gonna to pronounce that. Q A Judaism. Yeah, he appears in in Jewish, Christian, and Islamic works. Um, it's But in Jewish literature, they spell his name as Q-A-F-S-I-E-L. That's messed up. Um, but yeah. he is described at some point, many times, but he is described as guardians of the entrance of the seventh palace alongside Gabriel and Dumiel. And Dumiel is the name of the angel in the original German. Okay, so what does this He's tell He's also described as one of the angels of death in judaism specifically the angel who presides over the deaths of young men okay to be fair though judaism doesn't have a like judaism doesn't have a hell or a satan i'm just telling us what i'm reading here specifically about cassie also Christian. described as the angel of tears and the angel of te- or could be tears and the angel of temperance sometimes he's regarded as the ruler of the moon or saturn okay so this supports our eldritch theory maybe they're like Maybe the planets are deities and the angels are... Oh, God, it's Mormonism. Is that Mormonism? Yeah, you, like, become a celestial body when you die. That's Mormonism. Oh, I thought I meant, like, the planets were, like, gods and the angels worked for the planets. Hold up, I need to look this up. Maybe it's just, like, Bloodborne or Dead Space. According to the kalab Or, no, kalab is the heavenly body nearest to the throne of God. Oh, God, what the heck? Okay, the Atlantic says... Okay, the Atlantic is just being contrarian now. The Mormons don't technically get a planet once they die. Says Mormons. <laughs> what do they know about Mormonism? Um, the Atlantic Mor- uh, legitimizing Mormonism is not what I needed to read today. Oh, so, so it's I just mean, the we belief. Can, that- I was going to say we can just agree that there is some Eldritch horror going on in this movie behind the scenes. Uh, yes, like one hundred percent. It is behind the veneer of like a lovely romance, but really these angels are observers for some kind of all-powerful deity. I mean, the existence of like mind reading. Cause like the, the mind well, is a very important part of the deity. the mind read. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Cage specifically keeps a journal where he writes in what people say are their favorite thing of, about life. He also, but the God who created the angels also specifically keeps them from experiencing things such as pain, uh, hunger, but also warmth or the ability to eat. Yep. And that they could the God, give them but choose not to. And the, and the the people think it's God, but the, the angels never say that it is. They also, Which makes they just it seem him like him as him. Right. It makes it seem like they know that it's something that humans can't comprehend, so they're not going to bother telling them what it is, and they just let them go along with what they think it is. The angels also specifically live in a library. That's also true. So as maybe they're like collectors of knowledge. And this entire thing takes place in a hospital, another prominent Lovecraftian setting. So maybe they work for Cthulhu?
1: No, it's got to be
0: it's got to be one of the I don't know the all the outer gods. Creds. I don't know all the other Lovecraft do weird names that I can't. Predict. I don't either, but I'm going to look them up right now. No, I think we're on. It's definitely it's definitely like Lovecraftian, bloodborne esque. are some Eldritch. Agree. Maybe maybe so. I think we should pivot this podcast. That instead of where we just discuss Nick Cage movies, I think it's Asaph. What we did, what we do, is we rather describe the deeper story beneath each movie and what is actually going on. Like people think this movie is just a romance between an angel and a human, but no, it's actually oh, just like our interpretation. of yeah, the Yeah, it's like a discussion on on you know religion and eldritch gods and their effect on humanity who are blissfully ignorant of their existence. It's the only explanation for why Nick Cage is the way he is. Yeah, because like it's it you're supposed to think he's endearing, but it's kind of almost creepy how he observes Meg Ryan at first. Like he's not human. But she is. Like <laughs> he literally like he makes her snap to the point that she tries to physically make him bleed. She's driving. He is driving her insane. Yeah. And then she dies. Yeah. I also like that. I maybe Dennis that. Franz was legitimately the only like morally good angel who decided to leave because I think it's also weird that the angels didn't know that you could fall. Like, this was new information, Nick Cage, who's been around for eternity. And he's like, wait, you can become human? But other than Angel's new. I think that was just a plot hole. But, I mean, clearly he wasn't aware of it. So they hid that knowledge from him for a reason. That's true. That's true. So there's only more at hand here than we're aware of. There's more. Yeah, there's more going on. But I I, I I, think we've covered all that we can with the information we have. I do want to discuss my favorite scene is when Nick Cage does become human and he's up with Nick Ryan so they can be together. And they have sex, and then she asks him to describe what it feels like to her. And (sighs) it's very uncomfortable to watch because she's she's just like, uh, warm. And it's just like, so she's just having, she's taking this dude's V card, really. (laughs) Um, There's also very uncomfortable. There's the first time she goes home after meeting Nick Cage for the first time in the movie. He's reading her thoughts and I definitely thought she was about to like touch herself in the bathtub because she's just like maybe so oh, hot. Yeah. And, and Nick is just like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be here. Yeah. There were some uncomfy moments in this movie, for sure. And then every scene with Dennis Franz I thought was very enjoyable. He was good. He was really good in this movie. Um I was, Meg Ryan was good except in the, the voiceovers. The voiceovers, which no one was good in those voiceovers. so That might have just been a directing thing. Yeah. And then. It's probably also hard to do those. So I thought I thought Nick Cage's acting was okay. Something about it didn't really it was fine. fit for me. I think I think I didn't it, feel any certain. He about didn't. It. I can't imagine Nick Cage as like angels as we usually see them in TV and movies, where like they're like these like beautiful yet stoic and like morally good like overseers. Where I got that from Andre Brower. I did not get that from Nick Cage where it seemed almost more of like a obsessive or sociopathic look sometimes. It did come off that way. It like did. the scene where he's staring at the little girl when she's dying, like, no, that looks creepy. He does not look like an angel because he's just silently like staring at her and he only answers her questions with like a head shake. If I was on my deathbed, dies. I would not be comforted by that sight. I'm, if I saw Nick Cage on my deathbed, I would have more questions, but yeah. Well, I, that would just confirm my headcanon that he is actually a god on himself who just enjoys making movies with humans. Yeah, that makes sense. But maybe he also is like a, a death. Maybe he is death, is what you're saying. The only actor I could see being death as more likely than Nick Cage would be Will Dafoe. Like yeah, if Will Dafoe makes... showed up and he was like, hey, I am here to take to the afterlife," I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I have no questions. That makes 100% perfect sense to me. Not a word would be exchanged. I would I would go hand in hand with him. Danny DeVito would also be acceptable. Any other actor, I would have questions. Hmm. But if Danny DeVito were willing to show up, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this all checks out. No, Danny DeVito is like um But the thing is, Danny DeVito would be more like, if he was deaf, he would have like a taxi with him. He'd be like the death from like um the Terry Pratchett Discworld books. No, 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 no. G- hear me out on this. Danny DeVito would be Gabriel, so he... Gabriel in the Abrahamic religions is the one who announces He's like God's lead, will to men. The lead archangel, or archangel, arc arc angle. Arc angle. yes. I, I I don't know, but most importantly, I'm pretty sure it's Gabriel that blows the horn at the end of time,
1: oh. like when the
0: apocalypse happens. Also, what if uh danny Devito, but just as a little cherub angel, baby? But like, is also apocalyptic. Yeah, but like his design is like a little cherub baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't saying he would be like a full like. Yeah, like he would be a cherub exactly. Or he just looks like uh, Phil from Hercules. Which is like two hooves away from being a cherub. Yeah, really. I think the perfect, the best casting in any, any piece of media is Danny DeVito as Phil in Hercules. Agreed. Well, do I me? mean, they might have designed Phil after Danny DeVito, but I still think it's the perfect casting. I don't know. What about Robin Williams as the genie? Good, but they didn't do what Robin Williams wanted with the genie, which is why I had to give it to Phil. That's also true. I can't think of anything off the top of my head to refute you, so I'm going to. I was about to that. say Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. It's also a really good fit. It was. Wasn't it also the role that kind of brought him back from?
1: Yeah, it was
0: like one of his first big roles after he recovered from rehab. But no, I thought yeah. Uh, well, like the Cage has a perfect casting thing. The unbearable weight of massive talent where he plays himself. But maybe. that role is yeah made for him because he's playing. It. Well, then in that case, it could be Peter Falk playing Peter Falk. Well, no, we're just talking about the Cage. cage. Well, I'm talking about the, perfect casting. Perfect casting of Nick Cage, I thought. I was thinking think if he had one, but I guess, yeah, Unbearable Weight would be the best fit because he plays himself. Exactly. That, that's so, what like, you means. can't fuck... Whatever he does is in character because it's himself. Exactly. Like, you can't fuck it up because what he does is just... He did it. He's Nick Cage. He's playing Nick Cage, so that has to... that Automatically, it becomes true. Really See, genius. that's why I think actors we should just enter an era where actors all play the same thing every time and just oh, like just it becomes, cast everyone and but like we don't allow duplicates like no one would be there, there would be no like secondary ryan reynolds right it's just ryan reynolds like maybe that's and maybe once that's once they, they play a character no one can do that character again so once Toby mcguire was spider-man they could no ever do any other spider-man in a weird way i think it might become performance art like the person becomes the role and the role becomes the person. Yeah. And then the person becomes indistinguishable from the character. And you'd never have to worry about reboots unless it was like set in the same world years later. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I think there's something to explore. And you'd have to, you'd be possibly coming up with new IPs because people couldn't use the same stuff. again. Yeah. Yeah. I work. like that idea. Um, okay. Most important question of the day, where are we ranking this? We're, um, we're unanimous on this, right? Yeah, I think we came to an agreement. We're putting, putting it at number 14. Oh, I have it at 13. Oh, I have it right below Honeymoon in Vegas. I do too. But Honeymoon in Vegas was 13. For me. Oh, interesting. Honeymoon in Vegas is 12 for me. Oh, that's right, because you don't have Con Air up there. Right, Conair is at 20 for me. I do not know how Con Air is that. That is literally, Con Air is below National Treasure on your list. It is, and I stand by that. I, I don't know how. I stand by it. I stand by it. It's, it's fine, fine. I disagree. I don't think it's as good. I think I think of all of our picks, I think that one is the one I disagree with most. That That's fair. Just because it's, like, it's eight spaces below where I have. I don't think we have another one that is that far apart. Let's run down the list, see where we're at right now. Okay, okay number one, Raising Arizona. Yep. Number two, Red Rock West. Yep. Number three, Leaving Las Vegas. Yes. I know this next one's going to be different because I have Birdie. You probably have Moonstruck. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Moonstruck over Birdie for yeah. sure. I have Birdie way further down. Um uh, Five, Peggy Sue got married? That's number six for you, but yeah. What was number five for you? Oh, well, I have Birdie and then Moon's Truck and then Peggy Sue got married. So if you take out Birdie, it's the same so far. Gotcha. Okay, so number six, I've got Rumblefish. I got The Rock. Well, number six, Peggy Sue got married and then I got The Rock at number seven. I've got The Rock at number seven as well. Okay. Number eight, I've got Birdie. Eight, I got Racing with the Moon. Nine, I have Rumblefish. Nine, I have Face Off. Ten, I have Face Off. Okay, 10, I have Racing with the Moon. Okay, so they're all kind of, they're all, this, the top 10 is the same, it's just some different spots. It's a little, little scrambled, but yeah. yeah. 11, okay, 11, Wild, Wild at Heart. Heart. Yep. Twelve with an asterisk, because it's uncountable. Yeah, 12 is where I have Connie. 12 is where I have Honeymoon in Vegas. And that's 13 for me. Yeah, 13, City of Angels. Yes. Kiss of Death. I have that at 14. Amos and Andrew. I have that at 15. Guarding Tess. Oh, I have Cotton Club at 16. Oh, I have Cotton Club down at twenty-one. Interesting, because then I did guarding, like Cotton Club more than you. Yeah, and then at, after Garden Test, I have National Treasure two, then National Treasure one. I have that as well. Those are eighteen and nineteen, yes, respectively. So they're still the same spots for us. Then at twenty, I have Spirit of Vengeance. Interesting. I have Con Air at twenty, then twenty-one, and Cotton then twenty-one. One. I have, it could happen to you. Twenty-two, I have it could happen to you. Okay, twenty-two is Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Twenty-three is Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> okay, twenty-three is Wicker Man for me. Okay, no, I have that far down. 24, I have Valley Girl. I have Ghost Rider. I hated Valley Girl. I know. 25, I have Boy in Blue. i trapped in paradise. 26, I have trapped in paradise. Okay, I've got Valley Girl at 26. 27, I have Pay the Ghost. I have Boy in Blue at 27. 28 is Pay the Ghost. 28, I have Wicker Man. Okay, 29, Deadfall. 29, I have Xandalee. Ooh, okay. 30, I have Firebirds. 30, I have Firebirds. Cool. 31, I have Xandaly. 31, I have Deadfall okay 32 time to kill yes and then 33, and 33 vampires, vampires okay so so we only a couple out. movies yeah really so like, so con air yeah um, cotton club cotton club and, yeah and wicker man are the ones that have like, five spaces well birdie is still i birdie at eight okay so yeah it's still a big thing it's still in the top ten but they're all there con air is still the biggest one with an eight spot difference. Well, yes the ones are four yes behind. i stand by it con air is below national treasure okay I just, I think it did, it had no right being as good as it was. I was expecting it to be trash, and it was so, so much better than I ever thought it would be. See, Con Air is just like, it pales in comparison to um, Face Off. Face Off is just like, Face such Off a is, better, corny is, action. Movie. But I mean, Con Air, you got John Cusack, you got Steve Ushimi, you got Ving Rames. You're forgetting, um, um, uh, who's his face oh i know who you're talking about. there's a movie named after him john malkovich john malkovich yes it's just the casting is great the acting is great the story is fucking lackadaisical Awful. because it's it's a fucking action the movie. dialogue is terrible. but everything else is so good i disagree i did i did not care for it that's fine. i think it pales in comparison to face off I, I have it lower than face Off. i'm not agree but i think like but i think like when you compare the two and consider like how close they are in terms of release like I face just, off I is just not, such a better movie i could not put it below kiss of death or amos and andrew or guarding tess oh i i could i know because you did i kind of liked guarding tess i did too the end i don't sucked, think but i did yeah. like guarding i like the premise of like mean old lady yes it's just those movies were just kind of just like yeah they're kind of meh they're man. They're memorable for, like, the premise I could, alone, but that's I could maybe big. see moving guarding tests below National Treasure. Sure. I could see the argument, too. I'd have to... Mm, I actually think I might do that because the ending was really bad. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm moving guarding tests to number 19. National Treasures 2 and 1 are going up a space. But I do believe Cotton Club is better than National Treasure 2. I stand by that. That's fair. I disagree. Amos and Andrew, I actually did kind of I did too. It was just Act Three was garbage. Yeah, Act One and Two was great, and then Act Three is like, isn't this funny? we're like you were actually making a really good point, now you aren't. You know what? A lot of these movies do struggle with the ending. Well, movies in general just having a good ending is really hard. I don't know. There are ways to screw it up. That I think. I still think the movie that has potentially the best ending ever is The Mist. It does. Which even Stephen Stephen King King was was like, "Fuck, that was a great." He's like, "I'm pissed off. I didn't think of that because that's a great ending." It is. Don't uh, don't watch it if you don't want to watch something extremely sad and oh very and dark, troubling. Because the yeah, ending is probably one of the darkest I've also ever seen. It's probably the greatest mo- uh, adaptation of a book. Yeah, some of the CGI is really bad with the ending. Is oh yeah, 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 perfect. But it doesn't really matter because like it's really more about the people. The ending is kind of like the the antithesis of the Birdie ending. Yes, Birdie is the worst thing I've ever seen, and the is the best I've ever seen god the ending to birdies so like like it's just him going what and then credits are just like wait is that, l- wait that's it that is the only time yeah. i've ever had that as a legitimate reaction where i was like wait that's it even peggy sue got married i wasn't super happy with that ending actually. yeah i mean it was still Unless like a number five it's still a good movie it's an okay ending but i thought it was just like she learned to yeah, like yeah. love herself and she's like i'm gonna get back with my cheating husband, my piece of crap boyfriend uh Husband, yeah. I guess the top three really didn't have ending issues. No, they had okay, they had, like good endings, but they weren't like amazing. It was kind of just like what they had to do. I was well, yeah, Red I Rock, a West, I thought had a pretty good ending, it did have a good ending, but I was a little let down by that one thing at the end where he pushed her out of the train. I thought that was just funny. I mean, it, yeah, it, it just reminds a, it me of a lot of characters get story. out of my plane, <laughs> yeah, from Air Force One. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um. What else? Face Off had a good ending, but the end, the last the last act of the movie dragged on. Yeah, it was a bit long. Good movie, but yeah, I do think it dragged on just a bit. Racing with the Moon. That movie was just like eh, yeah. Like it was like it was like a good character centerpiece, but like narratively yeah. it was kind of just like whatever. It's 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 a coming of age movie. Yeah, I mean it's good cuz you can you see know? like young Nick Cage and like Sean uh It's one of those like slice of Is it Sean Penn or Sean Bean who's in the movie? It's Sean Penn. Okay, sure. that's why I wanted to Let me to double say check that. It is Sean Penn. Okay. I do get those two confused a lot. That makes sense. They do look similar. They do. Well, not really. But, but I mean, they play similar roles, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Um, uh, we should really wrap this up. Because we spent we so much time up. on our lore about the angles yeah um it's is, whatever we'll is there it, anything yes. you wanna you wanna say before we close out not really yeah this movie is just like eh, watch it if you have nothing else to watch i guess it's probably worth price of admission i mean it's like again it's like a four dollar rental if it was like two you, could do, feet, you could do you could do better you could do a lot worse, though. you could do a agreed agreed like it's if you like fantasy romance go for if yeah. you like kids dying in your movies do, oh yes go do for it, it. <laughs> yes uh if you like dennis franz because you're older than the age of 40 go for it because this yeah. man has not been anything for uh 24 years almost 25 uh but on that note i would like to thank all of you for listening and tuning in with to us today i mean you didn't really tune in because there's not a radio um, and you know, if you like it, leave a review. Uh, tell your friends and families and enemies about us, so you know we can always get a bigger following. And maybe eventually we can get Nicolas Cage himself on the podcast. No matter how I'm just the Malcolm Rebellers has gotten to a fucking movie because of their podcast. I just want to talk to Nicholas cage for like five minutes. Yeah, I'd like that. Um, and you know, if you want to follow us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Rule Against. Or uh, The Rule Against Podcasting at Facebook. And you can email us at the podcasting at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, uh, concerns, or you just want to tell us how much you love Nick Cage or how much you hate the podcast, we'll take it all. Um, And my advice for you this week is that if you meet a man who does not bleed when you cut him, that means he cannot be killed, and you should run very far and very fast if he has not killed you already. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This is like the one time I put you advice that you haven't had like an extremely like disagreement no, I, with that, or you I, went like that's, really off topic with another suggestion. That that's very sensible. I think advice. it is like, yeah, if you run into something that does not bleed and it is not like an object, you need to get out of it. Because that's yeah. that's not normal. Or I mean it could be a plant. Make sure it's not a plant first. And if you have plants that are mimicking people, we have bigger issues. Invasion of the body statue kind of issues. Right. right?